0: Welcome to War Stories. I'm Preston Stewart, and this is a show where we talk about America's military history through the lens of individual acts of heroism and valor. Enjoy. All right. Today, we've got Technical Sergeant John Meager and his story about how he was awarded were the actions for which he was awarded the Medal of Honor during the Battle of Okinawa? So this would be taking place during uh, World War II in the Pacific Theater. A little later in the war, the Battle of Okinawa was one of the last major um, campaigns of the war, as we were getting pretty close to the Japanese homelands. the The specific battle of Okinawa took place between April and April first, um, and, and ended formally on June. 22nd, 1945. So we're, you know, inside of 60, when, when Okinawa wraps up, we're inside of 60 days from dropping bombs, the, the atomic bombs um, on the Japanese mainland. So we're kind of coming up on the end of the war. Okinawa is very close to the Japanese home islands and it's kind of an interesting um, setup. So the, the people that lived on the island would not have referred to themselves as Japanese. They would have called themselves Okinawan. And I believe um, that they spoke a separate language as well. So they didn't they didn't speak Japanese. But to the American soldiers, uh, sailors, Marines on the island, they would have looked identical to Japanese soldiers. We just um, were at least very, very close. So the Okinawans were in a tough spot where they weren't the Japanese did not consider them, um, prime stock, if you will. This wasn't, um, this was closer to a protectorate maybe than, than Homeland. So the Okinawans it's not like they got preferential treatment. I mean, they weren't, um, yeah, I'll say that they, they weren't necessarily given preferential treatment. Um, and there's a handful of, of instances where you look at and they, they may have actually been, um, Treated really poorly. So somewhere in between there, I say that as they weren't, um, they weren't pro Japan, um, for the most part, but they also had this, this invading army coming from around the world, landing on their shore, blowing up their houses, destroying their fields. Who the heck do you root for if you're an Okinawan? So, uh, as we've seen throughout history in any conflict, there's always somebody, some place stuck in the middle, And um, during this, specifically during this period of time, April to June 1945, the Okinawans were a really tough spot. So the battle, like I said, wrapping up on June 22nd, 1945, Technical Sergeant John Meager is serving with 2nd Battalion uh, or Echo Company, 2nd Battalion 305th Infantry Regiment. That's part of the 77th Infantry Division. He's in the Army. A lot of the battles in the Pacific were... A lot of times we think of the Marine Corps and rightfully so in the, but there was, there was a mix, especially by the time we got to, um, the later stages of the war, there were a lot of army soldiers, army soldiers and units involved as well. So in Okinawa, it's about an even split between Marine divisions and army divisions, army infantry divisions. And, and Technical Sergeant Meager is serving, again, with the 77th Infantry Division. They're in what I would call, um, you know, kind of wrapping things up on the 19th of June. Um, there, there's definitely still hardcore fighting going on, but they're, you know, the end is in sight is what I'll say. So, Tech Sergeant Meager is on a tank, and there's an interesting way these are used, Um Throughout history, so on the one hand, a tank is incredibly formidable and, and, and um, a challenge for a lone infantryman to do anything against. But it's also incredibly vulnerable because the field of view for the people in the tank is really limited. So if you're buttoned up and you got the the top down and, and you're just looking through the little um, sites that have changed throughout history, but at times we're just you know, a, a one-inch by five-inch slit in the armor that you're looking through, you can't see everything. So a soldier that is carrying a anti-tank rocket, um, a mine, or in the case of some of these Japanese soldiers, an explosive device that they would strap to their chest and throw themselves under the tank to blow up the tank, you might not be able to see that if you're inside the tank and you're buttoned up. But at the same time, if you're outside the tank, you're exposed to snipers, machine gun fire, whatever it might be. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky way to use the equipment, right? So one of the ways that we we were we were uh, kind of mitigating this throughout the second world war specifically is you might have a tank with infantry kind of scattered around it. So you were trying to get the best of both worlds. You had the firepower of the tank and the infantry would be fanned out to the sides specifically to try to identify any of these threats to the tank before, um, before they materialized. That's, that's the role that tech Sergeant Meager was playing on June 19th. So he's on the tank, which means he's not getting the protection um, that you would get from being inside, but his is going to be more looking out for, um, some kind of threat to the vehicle. He identifies one of these threats and, you know, this isn't like some big wide open prairie. They're, they're cutting through pretty nasty terrain on Okinawa. And it, it sounds like a Japanese soldier, um, jumped up with an explosive device on his chest. And again, the technique, um, sounds brutal and is, they would throw themselves under the tread and that would detonate the explosive device. And it would at at very least throw a tread on the tank, disable it. Um, but that was the method. It was to sacrifice yourself by being run over by a tank. It was pretty brutal. Um, tech Sergeant Meager identifies a Japanese soldier running towards the tank. It's, I mean, split second, we're talking a matter of seconds here. He tries to get the gunner to, uh, shift (laughs) Shift the, the the machine gun over, not happening fast enough. So Meager jumps off the tank with his bayonet on his rifle and bayonets the would be uh, suicide bomber, breaks his rifle and gets knocked unconscious in the process. So the image I have in my mind is that he is you know almost like a Superman dive off the tank, leading with his bayonet. I, I can't think of how else you do this and somehow snap your rifle in half and get knocked unconscious. I mean, it doesn't sound like he stepped down calmly and, um, and you know, one thrust of the bayonet. It sounds like he dove bayonet first into this guy. Anyways, um, so, you know, we could stop there and that's a heck of an action, um, but it doesn't stop there. So, Texan Armiger comes to, kind of uh, regains consciousness, if you will, and picks up a machine gun. So, it doesn't his his history. When you read about this, it doesn't. It just refers to machine gun. So, what I'm going to go with is the assumption that they're not going to call an automatic rifle, um, Browning automatic rifle, a machine gun. They're not going to. He's certainly not picking up a 50 caliber machine gun. He's probably picking up the 30 caliber um, machine gun he picks it up off the tank. And what he does is he picks up this machine gun and charges forward and he's moving right into enemy fire. So much so that uh, his clothing has, when he's done with all of this, there's bullet holes through his clothes. He remains uninjured somehow miraculously, but there's bullets through his clothing. He's firing this 30 caliber machine gun from the hip. It's a 30 pound weapon plus ammunition. That weight's gonna be important here. So remember that, 30 pounds, this machine gun. Charges up the hill. Goes straight into the first pillbox bunker, Japanese emplacement, kills all six inside with a machine gun firing from the hip. I mean, it's boof. That's crazy. Um, I mean, that's like that's out of a movie. And to continue to overuse this term, that's something you see in a movie and you say, well, that wouldn't happen. Um, Well, it did. He cleared that bunker himself with that machine gun. But then he goes on to the second bunker. And as he's just coming up on the entrance, he runs out of ammunition. So, Technical Sergeant John Meeker flips that machine gun around, grabs it by the barrel, and starts swinging this 30-pound machine gun to kill the Japanese defenders inside. Think of that. Think of the strength it takes to swing something thirty pounds against, you know, a moving target. Right, a moving target that's also trying to kill you. Um, to two bunkers down. That's it. That's the story of Technical Sergeant John Meager. I, I'm trying to think of the things that I know that are thirty pounds. And I think of a you know, like a barbell. It's forty five or a women's is thirty five, and the thought of. Like somehow swinging that thing with enough force to even like break a wooden box I it's crazy it so what comes to mind when I read this story is, and I don't mean this to discredit what Techstars and Meager did. It sounds like a fit of rage. You know when you hear about... Um, I guess when I say you hear about, but really I hear about other people talking about, um, this never actually heard of it myself, but mothers lifting cars off of kids, right. Or like incredible feats of strength, um, when it's needed most, that's kind of what this sounds like. This sounds almost like he entered a fit of rage when he woke up from being knocked unconscious and just went berserk. I, I, again, not as a discredit, just a, uh, I can't think of how else you quickly go. First off, carrying that machine gun up a hill, um, clearing bunkers by yourself from the firing from the hip into swinging the thing like a baseball bat to kill the final enemy resistance. Like, I don't, that doesn't, that's not like option number one and option number two. You know what I mean? Like, that, there's a lot of things you could do before you get to those two points. So, It's crazy. He survived the war. Um, you know, again, this is kind of towards the end of this would have been probably the last couple days of combat. He saw, um, makes you wonder if he knew that, would he have done the same thing? If he knew that Okinawa, the the campaign was going to be wrapped up in 72 hours. If he knew that in 60 days, the war would be over. I wonder if he would, I wonder if he still would have charged up that hill with the, uh, the machine gun at his side, but it's crazy. John Meager, Technical Sergeant John Meager, Medal of Honor for any number of things. Keeping the enemy soldier at bay, charging the tank to clearing out a bunker, firing a machine gun from the hip to killing the Japanese defenders by swinging a machine gun like a baseball bat all during the Battle of Okinawa. He survived the war, like I said. and would go home and And passed away at the age of 78 in 1996. Technical Sergeant John Meager. Hey, thanks for listening to War Stories. If you get a chance, it'd mean an awful lot if you could head over to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. It helps others to to find the show. But thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.